children, let me give you the subject of the day. Yo, welcome back to the Voyeurs FC podcast. We're here at Studio Near Post. Studio, it is a full blown he's, studio. He's coming along, bitch. folks. He's really making coming it's, into his own right now. <laughs> it's a full blown studio in this bitch right now. Um, it's funny. I almost said, "Welcome to Drew Near Post." <laughs> bah, bah, bah. I've been uh, talking a lot on camera, which is something that I haven't done in a long time. So getting used to that, which is nice and fun, of course. Um, what are we talking about today, Anthony? We are talking about your future as a YouTube star and YouTube sensation, a new soccer Yay. personality for people to waste their time on watching and on the toilet. <laughs> to critique and to argue with, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, super excited to talk about that, of course. And we're going to talk about what Champions League. Oh man, there's so many things that happened within Champions League this past week. It's amazing how within a week and one crazy loss, the whole spanish world just crumbles <laughs> it's crazy how much like how wild it's been uh-huh. just like everyone was like pretty surprised like, like we didn't know what to expect with this new style tournament but it's been chock full of drama <laughs> i just realized i'm gonna throw a wrench in the whole thing there was one thing pre- you know prior to the episodes me and anthony go over the layout and what we're going to discuss i just remembered i do want to talk about the dallas nashville debacle i was that was on the tip of my tongue. Cool. And uh, I do want to talk about the, like, 10 fans and them booing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be very interesting and fun to talk about for damn sure. There's going to be so many uh, different waves and things we can talk about with the Champions League. And then we want to finish off with the Anelka doc that Anthony touched on last week, right? You want yeah. to, to get into that? We're going to watch... We watched the Anelka Doc. The Anelka Doc. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get into a little bit more. Um, yeah, a little bit more on that. But for now, let's start off with the YouTube channel. Yeah. Cool. So um, this is something that I've been wanting to get going for a long time now. Obviously, I have tons of free time. And I have the pretty much everything I need to start a YouTube channel. I have a nice camera. Not a nice camera, but a decent camera. I have a mic. I have a cool little setup where I can make the situation on camera look decent. Um, and then I have a iPad where I can pretty much edit and do everything I need to. So over the past like two or three days, all I've been doing is learning how to edit uh, let it edit stuff for thumbnails, which I have absolutely no like design background. So doing that, uh, learning how to edit video, which is very minimal, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's still very difficult for me, of course. And then writing scripts and learning you know, how to be good on camera. There's... I've done a lot of stuff in the past, so kind of reigniting, shaking the rust off and get, getting going with that, mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely like a muscle. You you've kind of yeah. don't realize it really, really is. It's one thing to sit and talk with your cousin, someone you feel super comfortable with. It's one thing to talk about soccer, but to do that on camera is a whole different thing. When it's thing. just you. Even when, it's, yeah. even when it's just you. Because <laughs> I've done on camera where there's like 10 people behind the camera. Or there's like a sound guy, a guy with a boom mic, a documentary crew, all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're walking through a city, which is even crazier. So so you're saying that like the more people around, that kind of puts you more at ease? Actually, surprisingly, yes. Because I feel more confident in their ability to edit and to shoot and to make sure that it's going to look good. Mm-hmm. Doing it by, by myself, I have the screen turned around towards me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to constantly like look at it. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Um, but it's it's becoming more and more natural, more and more smooth because I literally spent like the past two days just recording in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel way more comfortable now, which of course is just the beginning. You're starting off on something and you kind of get your bearings and you get your footing and then you you hopefully grow and get better from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the channel is going to be like super focused on the cultural side of the game. Um, there's a lot of people doing X's and O's, analysis type stuff, a lot of on-pitch stuff. I feel like that area is super crowded. Um, we do that here, but we don't get super in depth with that no, stuff. No, it's more like armchair analysis yeah, than like anything. Yeah, more armchair analysis, but We're not pros. I feel like it's uh, yeah, and even the pros are not pros. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like I feel like there's it's very crowded in that area, and it doesn't really interest me. Mm-hmm. Um, what interests me more so has always been the the culture side of things, and that's something I've done throughout my entire soccer career, if you want mm-hmm. to call it that. Uh, so that's what I'm going to focus on. It's going to be super kit heavy for sure. So, yeah, that's good because it's just like it's something you've been a part of and you've been into as like an enthusiast for pretty much your whole life. And it's as American from an American standpoint, it's like there isn't too much out there. There isn't. Yeah. And what it is and what I've noticed in the things in my research that I've done, it's a lot of people like, oh, this kid's fire. Oh, this kid's good. Oh, this kid's nice. Oh, this kid's whatever. And it's like, well, why? You know, what is mm-hmm. what? What's behind it? What's the design aspect? Yeah. What? Why? Why are these? Why are they using these colors? Why is that print this way? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you start learning that aspect of kids, it takes them to a whole different level. Um, when you start understanding, like we were talking about the Arsenal kid, I was like, man, this kid is trash. And you're like, well, they used the marble from Highbury yeah. I'm like well it doesn't look like marble and you're <laughs> yeah. like actually it doesn't yeah. you know but then you look at a kit like Manchester City's kit and they're using the the uh, Oliver print is actually moldings mm-hmm. on the bridges that are in the canals in Manchester mm-hmm. Manchester is a shipping town it's a town that's uh, tied to the sea so it's mm-hmm. incredibly important those canals are like the lifeblood of the city so having that on a kit is amazing and incredible so you know you really start to see the stories and the real aspect of design mm-hmm. on a different level and then, of course, when you start talking about the stories and the power that kids have with, like, you know, you look at a, if you look at a kit with O2 on it, what do you think of right away? You think of the Invincibles, right? Mm-hmm. And what does it remind you of? Probably the one time you've been happy yeah. as an Arsenal but, I supporter. Mean, the thing that kind of, like, rooted you into to being yeah. a part of this club, you know what I mean? You think or of Highbury. You the think Sega of, kits, the yeah. Dreamcast kits. And who do you think of? JVC. What are, what are those players? Burkamp. Yeah. Pires. Yeah, of course. And you, know, you think of those memories mm-hmm. and you think of, as much as you think of the good, sometimes you think of the bad, right? Yeah. You know, I have this 2014 Brazil kit that I've been trying to sell on Depop and no one fucking wants it. And it's a nice <laughs> kit, but do you know why? Because what happened in that World Cup? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's... it's Yeah. It's, or was it 20... 20- it's black tarred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was that 2014 World Cup? Uh, No, no. I think that was... Uh... Yeah, it was 2014. It was 2014. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was when... When Germany uh, demolished them, but yeah, exactly, right. So that's that's the whole stigma with. Yeah, them. I have like an authentic uh, USA kit, but it was during their qualification for the World Cup. Yeah, and it's like in a box. And that's I, like I don't, a, I don't like. That's yeah, that's like a stigma, right? Yeah. That's like a, you, you remember. I already that. don't like the new logo, but, <laughs> and then it's just forever associated with not making it to the World Cup. So I'm like, I don't even want to do it up. I wanted to put some cool numbers on it. So but. that's that's really why, you know, just like you're saying, right? Yeah. You, everyone has these stories. And anyone that's been a fan of soccer for years and years and years and people that are obsessed with it, these kids. And that's why the kit world and kit culture is blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. It's exploding because the, those kits and those jerseys are tied to our nostalgia and tied to our memories in a very powerful, powerful way. 
Yeah. Right? And it, this, is, this, isn't, this isn't something you just picked up in the last 10 years. You know no, what I mean? No, yeah, like, yeah. It's like we've, we both have been like nerds about this stuff for so long. And it's like, it's not to like say that our, our knowledge is like better than anyone else's, but it's just like, we've been geeking out on this stuff for a long time. And we know that like throughout the nineties and like then from the nineties till now, like kits have really gone through a lot of different changes mm-hmm, and eras mm-hmm. and different things that make them special. Yeah. And I, I, I have so much of, brain equity taken up by this useless information so that's (laughs) why i feel comfortable getting on a mic and talking about it well dude it's like (laughs) you know it's a passion it's not i think it's also like sometimes people have hobbies and hobbies are cool to like relieve stress or something like that but when something is like you obsess over it it's a little bit more than a hobby Mm -hmm. for damn sure and i would say not only is soccer that for me but the culture side of things with soccer is it's perfectly intertwined and it's the reason why I think soccer is the greatest sport on the planet. It's, it's a, it's a language that everyone speaks. It's different. I know it sounds corny to say that, but it's the truth. You can go almost anywhere on the planet. If you're wearing a Real Madrid jersey, it's going to evoke some type mm-hmm. of emotion or some type of communication. It's just going to happen. And big picture wise, it's like, it's important to have these types of conversations about it because like, hopefully like people that make this stuff for these clubs start to be receptive to what, people in the community are critiquing well i think i think that's without a doubt that's what's happening yeah. i mean that's what i would not be surprised if next season or the next two season all the mls kits are fucking fire mm-hmm. because they've been so bad over the past couple years mm-hmm. they've been so boring and blase there isn't much behind them as far as like tying it to the city or tying it to anything really it's just like here's a blue kit here's a, you know what i mean and it's just that's mm-hmm. all it is so when you look at you know, you look at what Puma's doing, especially, and you look at what what Adidas has done with with Arsenal. As soon as for, you know, mm-hmm. directly from the jump, they're like, "We need to pay homage." That's to a one, good example. Yeah, we need to pay homage to like one of the most iconic kits straight off the jump. Mm-hmm. Make these kits amazing. Go back to the white sleeves. Mm-hmm. You know, make it iconic, uh, make it real, and make it look good. And that's what they've been doing. That's what Adidas has done for sure. Even even if you go back further, when you're talking about the black and gray like maple leaf kits that that uh, Manchester had, you know, that was mm-hmm. another homage to the 90s. Hamburg had some ones that were an homage to the 90s. So more and more, you're seeing those little subtle things. Even this year's like Ajax Away kits, you know, as they looked more and more at those, I really fell in love with those. A lot mm-hmm. of the textures they used in that kit were from the 80s and 90s. So, yeah. you know, that stuff is is nice. And it's, you know, we're getting to the point where it's a little bit, it's getting a little bit tired and jaded for mm-hmm. sure with that stuff. But there's, these are all things that we can talk about. And these yeah. are all things that we actually can influence. And you're starting to mm-hmm. see that. I mean, I don't think Adidas would have gone back and made a bruised banana had the rise of vintage kids not been a thing. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely, definitely. I mean, you're, the bruised banana is now like you see it fucking everywhere. You mm-hmm. see it all, all over the place. And, and even, all like the, the most notable Arsenal supporters on social media, they all have the, the, the reproduction one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now you're seeing... You know, more and more like Puma doing the doing the, you're you're seeing you're seeing brands take inspiration from the city so that mm-hmm. it means something to the club. It isn't just a design. Even that Brighton kit, right? People thought it was just like, oh, that's a nice, clean looking kit, right? Mm-hmm. But it actually pays homage to their team from 1983 mm-hmm. that beat the European champions, that beat the league champs, that beat Liverpool. They beat the Liverpool of the 80s. That's a huge moment in their history, and they were wearing a blue and pinstripe shirt at the time. So to have that is dope and then to make it look cool. So as long as to me, like brands are doing stuff like that, 
I'm always going to be a nerd. I'm always going to love that stuff. And then, of course, you know, a kit like I'm wearing right now just looks outlandish. Mm-hmm. Just crazy, weird J. Lee kits that I'm obsessed about. Um, even that stuff that maybe doesn't have the history or the story. Sometimes just outlandish, cool, fun kits are my thing also. So Yeah, one thing that's been super interesting even from like just navigating social media now is like all the throwback accounts. Oh, yeah. Where, like, I guess an example would be uh, the Milan <laughs> Centenary kits from the early 2000s. Like, when I first started seeing those, and now I can see, like, high-res photos of what they actually look like when they, they wore them. They fucking look incredible, right? And it's just, like, I mean, yeah, they're baggy and oversized, but I just blew my mind because, like, I was getting the catalogs. I'm like, this was never in the catalog. Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. was never, like, here. Yeah. I thought, like, every year I would see, like, oh, this is, that was, like, my newsletter. Yeah, is yeah, the, yeah. the soccer catalogs that we'd, we would get in the mail here yeah Eurosport and shit mm-hmm. like that right oh man i remember i mean it's so weird and then how, how much like that pre-internet this is the other thing yeah pre-internet i know there's might be a few people that we know that are on the younger side and it's like there was no online yeah it was just like a book came in the mail that told you this is what all the new shit looks like. Yeah. These are this is all the new gear and just like looking through it. You know, for basketball heads it was like East Bay, you know. Oh, but we yeah, had I remember our, getting East Bay. We accounts. had Eurosport. Eurosport, when I got the Eurosport, I was like, yo. And then it was cool because at the, towards the towards the end of the book you saw all the like the team the team jerseys, mm-hmm. the team stuff, you know what I mean? So you would see like a Tiempo template on there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh my god, and you would like I remember being young and looking at like I would like to design, get this template and just put this here and mm-hmm. this here and this here. You know, or I would look at like an intricate and be like, Oh, I want I wish that was this color, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's funny to look back and to to kind of remember that stuff. And even mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like you look back at certain designs and it's funny to me when I look at a design and when I first see it, I'm like, Oh god, that looks whack. Like I was thinking about the Inter Milan snake kit. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that had the big snake coming up the side. Mm-hmm. And I just like and that's that's pretty whack. And now I look at it and I'm like, that is an amazing design. I love it. It was outlandish mm-hmm. and it's crazy to do. And it's it, the snake is a big deal in inter like culture. So I don't know, just stuff like that that I look back on and, and kind of get nostalgic over. Stuff that maybe I didn't like at the time. I'm starting to warm up to now. It's really weird how my tastes change, but that's just kind of the thing. Yeah, like I finally, after many years, warmed up to the 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 navy arsenal o2 away kit when they first um went oh, over to the rebrand the, the gra- one with like the, the gradient. gradient oh that one's amazing i hated it when it came out why like i didn't when i was a kid i was just like it's stupid it should be yellow like, <laughs> it just made me mad like, oh, fucking yeah. purist especially gooder, yeah especially coming from Anthony. like <laughs> like i hated that i loved the the gold sega that was yeah. a predecessor and then i went to that and i was just like stupid it's, like, it's just <laughs> Just made me upset. That's <laughs> like, like an iconic kid. kit, actually. Yeah, you know, now I, I of, like it. Yeah, I think of Thierry Henry whenever I, th- I see that kit. Um, cool. So yeah, that's kind of be that's gonna be the focus of the channel. I also would like to do uh, game day vlog style pieces when uh, LAFC is back and I can go to the we can go to the stadium and st- stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think kind of uh, showing what the proper vibe of the tailgate is, talking to people, maybe doing a couple interviews here and there while I'm at the tailgate. I think would be a really cool thing to do. So. Um, Hopefully we get that going um, in the near future. But for now, just nerding out on kits, ranking kits, um, doing some cool unboxings for some very unique and special kits that I'm getting. So whenever I get like an older, like unique vintage kit, I want to go into a deep dive on the history, tell the story about the kit. Um, yeah, and, you know, just kind of go from there. So super excited to get it going, of course. Run with it, man. Yee, keep it locked, baby. Keep it locked. Uh, my welcome video is actually uploading right now. It'll be done soon. And then my first 
uh, video in which I ranked the tw uh, my favorite 20, 20 slash 21 kits uh, should drop very soon. So keep an eye out. Awesome. Yeah, baby. Now, what are we moving on to? Champions, Champions League. League. A lot of stuff has gone down. Um, first, I think we should talk about PSG. Does that sound right? Yeah, and how they almost didn't make it. I mean, now we know they're in the final, but they were minutes away from getting knocked out. <laughs> so in the past, what, like three or four seasons? Maybe more than that. Because mm -hmm. you think about what? They lost to Madrid. They lost to Barcelona in that mm -hmm. crazy-ass loss. They lost to Madrid twice, actually. Um, who did they lose to? Was was that loss last season where, where Barcelona came back? In I think it was two seasons ago. Two seasons ago. ago, right? And then who did they lose to last season? I can't remember. I don't remember either. But point is, PSG has started to reach that upper echelon of Real Madrid, Juventus, Bayern Munich, Barcelona. They've started to inch closer to that pantheon right yeah well like their whole their whole ownership group is just geared to revolving around bringing home a european championship well not quite actually yes no. and no yes and no so when you think about like the player aspect and the actual team aspect mm -hmm. sure but when you look at the off the pitch stuff oh i mean that's a whole separate that's wing it's a whole different thing and i i feel like there's this notion a very silly notion in my opinion that too much of the focus is on that and not enough on the team, which to me is silly. When you look at the fucking squad they have, their squad is outrageous, right? No, um, yeah, the off-pitch stuff is, I mean, they're probably like one of the more progressive teams out there. I love it. I think yeah. that's, I, and I think it's brilliant. I think it's really cool that they do that, and I, I think it makes sense. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're making themselves an elite brand, mm -hmm. not just a team. Yeah. Um, so it all kind of intertwines, especially with the style of players they have, Neymar and Mbappe, these very like flashy good-looking kids that are, you know, some of the best soccer players on the planet. They play a very beautiful, attractive style oh, man, of soccer. Oh, kids love these guys. Yeah, of course, without a doubt, you know. Um, but it almost went, it almost crumbled again. And the point I was trying to make, I kind of went on a tangent, but the point I was trying to make was they haven't quite turned that corner or gotten over that hill of we are elite. Mm -hmm. We're right there. They've been right there. They've made the, the quarterfinals and the semis a couple times, but they haven't quite got there just yet. And they finally pulled it off. And, it and they're looks, the final. It looks like they might might do it. I don't know what would have happened if they didn't make it out of, out of that match versus Atlanta. It looked grim. That was that was insane. So uh, I think last week we were talking, we wanted Atlanta. I wanted it. We were talking about Atlanta. We both wanted Atlanta, right? Yeah. And that was before. I mean, at that point, I didn't even think Leipzig was gonna do shit, right? Because mm -hmm. they were they were playing, uh, they were coming up against Atletico, and to me, Atletico was just gonna beat them. I didn't even think twice about it. Um, and then Leon, of course, I wanted them to beat City because City had just beat Real Madrid. Uh, so crazy, crazy to think that they pulled it off. It was so close, and for a team like Atalanta, I don't know if they'll ever get to that level again. Yeah. Because I I'm pretty sure some teams are gonna come in and swoop for some of their players. But PSG in the final, good for them, well-deserved. And today, they absolutely demolished uh, Leipzig. They just a cut above. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't close from the very beginning. When I, I, I think I, I just kind of looked, and then I, I was working on some stuff, looked up, it was two, looked up, it was three. I was like, okay, <laughs> there it is. It's over. So uh, good for PSG. I think most people, a lot of people expected it. It's been a very weird time, but... You know, PSG actually is one of the few teams that didn't have a regular season, 
like the French league completely went away. So mm-hmm. what they were doing is playing friendlies. And I go back to this notion again of them not having the league probably help them in this situation, mm. I think. Because you argue about fitness, you can argue about chemistry and things like that. For a team like that, they should be able to play together. You know, their their core has been together for a long time. They have elite players. Angel Di Maria is playing out of his mind. He's playing like he played for Madrid a couple of years ago. Um, and then you have Mbappe and Neymar that are doing amazing things. Verratti, I mean, they're, they're lights out, right? So I would argue that them not playing hyper-competitive games for a, for a good amount of time in France, not that they're ever hyper-competitive for them, but I feel like it helped them in this situation. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Uh, I, I think it helped them more, but then like on the, the contrast, I feel like I look at City. Yeah. Whereas, I don't know, yeah, like it, they're both were like similar teams. And in City, you see an opposite effect. Yeah. Of, you know, they played in nothing mm-hmm. but competitive games. Really, mm-hmm. they played an FK a, a final. They they are no semifinal, I should say. And then yeah, so uh, maybe it did play league. play into their favor for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm I feel like mentally it it, it was the only thing they had on the table nice because that's all you focus on. Mm-hmm. That's all you focus on. Which is time. why it was even more scary that they almost blew it. I know, I know. To Atlanta, yeah. not to like Bayern or anything. You know. I was so fucking heartbroken for those guys. Oh, uh, me too, man. You know, like I said, because they're yeah. probably never going to get back there. Again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very likely. Mm-hmm. Atlanta isn't like some superpower with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So if teams come and swoop, Papu Gomez and these guys, I mean, it's it's more than a possibility. Yeah. You know? uh, let's keep it moving to something that I'm already, I'm just looking down at the paper and my face is just... Well, what did you think of City versus Leon before? City versus Leon, uh, I mean, I was stoked. I was happy. Um, it's hard to be super happy because I'm not one of those guys that like gets super excited uh, for another team like losing. But it was still a very, mu- it was still very much like an underdog situation. I liked it because it was an upset. Yeah, it was an upset, and it was against Pep. I don't like Pep, um, so yeah, it was great for me, man. Like I'm, I'm good. I, st- I still want Leon to win. I don't think they will, um, especially after what we saw. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was a little surprised. I was definitely surprised. I thought Pep was going was gonna to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Sterling put away that chance. I don't know how he missed that. I mean, that's, that's the things that happen sometimes. And he's been, like, almost unplayable in the Madrid mm-hmm. game. He was a fucking nightmare, dude. He was a nightmare. No one could get within, like, five feet of him. He was just all over the place. That was a haunting miss. Yeah. That's the type of miss, like, you, you don't go to bed for, like, a few no, weeks. Yeah. I'm sure he's still stewing over that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you miss, yeah. you, you've missed out on the Champions League for that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Because I, I, mean, I think them equalizing would have definitely tipped them. I think, I think you're right, because the momentum was different. And then, you know, you have those, those players that are just a little bit more elite. Mm-hmm. And with those types of games, what ends up taking it over is that mental fortitude mm-hmm. and that capacity to slow things down and to have composure and to do the, make the right play and the right pass and whatever, whatever. Um, and yeah, unfortunately for them, not unfortunate for me, I am smiling, <laughs> especially when we're going to talk about what's up next. Anthony, what was the score of that Bayern Barcelona game? Woo! Demolition, total, total demolition. Uh, sorry to all the Barca, Barca people out there. I am not sorry. <laughs> you guys deserve that tenfold. Tenfold, you deserve that. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> Do you know why? First of all, Barcelona has been the dominant force in soccer 
for the last what like decade yeah for the last decade at least right Mm -hmm. when you talk about the way they influenced styles of play not only like like diki daka and possession based style of play but the counter to that teams literally had to like an entirely new style of play had to come to counter that right Mm -hmm. Um, Jose Mourinho was at the forefront of that back when he was with Madrid but you know there was the incredible like generation that came up with Iniesta Xavi Busquets all these ridiculous players that came up of homegrown players homegrown players from La Masia which is their academy Um, and you saw it influence their national team they went on a three they won two European titles and a World Cup Mm -hmm. which is for a national team is bananas. Like they had a super long unbeaten run. They have, I think it was like forty games or something mm-hmm. ridiculous, like thirty eight games. Something Did the like US that. end it? Yeah, I think it yeah. might have been the US. I, yeah, I remember when that happened. Yeah, it was in the what Confederations Cup. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was USA, so much fun, baby. That was close because we lost to Brazil in the final, huh? Yeah. Uh, that so <laughs> um, Didn't look like shit either. No, man. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway. Days gone by. Yeah, days gone by, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so um anyway, so like I was saying, it's you've had this wave of just dominance for a long time and you know, the funny thing about Barcelona is that they haven't done that well in Europe. Um they've won what two European titles with Messi being there. Mm-hmm. I think he has two two Champions Leagues. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um so if you think about how crazy that generation was, for them to win two Champions Leagues is is really good. It's I mean it's mm-hmm. amazing and very difficult. But then you look at what Madrid did. Madrid did three in a row. You know mm. that's also crazy. Yes. Right. Also crazy. But how many league titles did they have? They they pretty much dominated Spain that entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Atleti won one or two, and then Madrid won like three maybe. So it's just been a, a ridiculous tear. And over the past, like, two, three years, you started to see a bit of a decline. But then, still, if you're playing Barcelona, you know, like... I mean, look, they came back from that from that crazy-ass deficit to PSG that one time. You yes. Know? And they still had... And I think that was, like, the first time, like, people had the inclination, like, oh, is, is, is this empire starting to fall? Yeah. And, no. They, they, they turned it around. Yeah. A little bit of the rub of the green from the refs. The and one they thing, got back into it. The biggest thing <laughs> that was a sign for me was the lack of homegrown talent that they were getting. So people were talking. When you look at the team, I think I've mentioned this over and over and over, but you look at guys like Sergio Roberto, um, Ansu Fati, who's a very young, I think he's like a 15, 16-year-old kid. Um, but outside of them, there hasn't been anyone that's really lit it up for Barcelona. And they've been an incredible over-reliance on Messi. Like completely. Luis Suarez is aged. Rakitic is fading. Um, you know, they're just not at all who they were. You know, people don't really fear them. Yeah. And in that game versus Bayern, it was not even close, bro. It was nuts. You don't, it's just, you don't see something like that happen no. at that level. This, this caliber of team just to get demolished like that. It, it, it's something you, you don't see in the Champions League knockout phase. You don't see from some from a team with the pedigree of Barcelona to be humiliated, humiliated, uh, humiliated like that. It, and people were even saying that it was worse than the Germany versus Brazil. 
I have to say I think it was, and and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Madrid fan. I know that's you know to our five listeners, you guys mm-hmm. are probably going to think that, but it's it was way more shocking to me in that there really wasn't any signs that Barcelona could lose this bad. Mm-mm. Like I didn't I didn't think that you know what I mean, and and I mean it's Barcelona. They still have Messi, right? Mm-hmm. You know that that Brazilian team didn't have Neymar. They didn't have Thiago Silva. Um, and they were playing Germany. Yeah, they were playing at home, and it was a World Cup, and this and that. But you know, Barcelona just came back after they looked good against Napoli. They looked decent, you know. Um, but this, they just look like cones, dude. Alfonso Davies, holy shit, dude. I mean, that, if anything, I, it's not quite the same as Messi's run, but it, it, it was a good rebuttal. Very Messi-esque. Versus Very like Messi-esque. just. I, I, you don't see that run down the line at that level of play usually, and he just made them look like you said, like cones. Dude, guys falling over. He made Semedo, pass. dude. Semedo just looked, oh, dude. He just looked lost out there. He the had, Canadian. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's so funny because I started watching like there's all these by Canadian. There's all these yeah. There's all these like uh, compilations of. Uh, compilations of like barcelona fans watching the game right and one of them goes this guy's from canada canadians don't know and he's saying it in spanish mm-hmm. you know and he's like fucking furious and then they just he scores another one and he's like ah you know <laughs> it's just like like killing him and they just the look on their faces is just unbelievable you yeah know? it's to, i mean to see the goals flying in like that at for a team of that caliber was a trip to watch but yeah, man, like the like, the, it, it's in the last ten years. I feel like they've just gotten too caught up in like the big money aspect of football. Yeah. In like yeah. the the other side of it, yeah. you know, like having these players, these very marketable players, and all all the all the hype. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're just getting kind of like too high off their own supply. One hundred percent. No. 100%. To the point where. They started neglecting everything that got them there. Yeah. And now it's like you're seeing like the end result. Yeah. It's it's pretty trippy to you know like their whole philosophy of being like more than a club, more than a club. And I mean, in the last ten years, this is where I've like kind of really fallen out of love with 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 Barcelona because don't don't bullshit me. You guys aren't you guys aren't more than a club. You guys are just trying to play the same games that Madrid does. Yes, exactly, 100%. Couldn't agree more. You know, I laugh when I... I mean, I mentioned it before, I should say, that we talk about that old generation, and yes, there was a lot of emphasis on the youth. There was a lot of emphasis on talent because they had it, right? And they nurtured that, and they brought it about. And other teams that started to look at that were like, holy shit, we should really start investing more in that. And ironically, Madrid has kind of flip-flopped with them in terms of... Well, Madrid still gets amazing players, of course. That's not that hasn't been their focus in a long time. Uh, they got Rodrigo, Vinicius, you know, very young Brazilian talents that they've been nurturing for a long time. Uh, Kubo, who's been playing, uh, who was part of their academy, who's been playing at uh, at uh, Mallorca, and now he's at Villarreal, but they're going to bring him back. Odegaard is another one. He's going to be coming back, taking over the place of Luka Modric. Then you have guys like Sergio Asensio, Lucas Vasquez, who have been a part of their three Champions League titles also. So and another one, Fede Valverde, who they got from Peñarol, and they ended up bringing him into the system as well. 
So you see them implementing them and bringing these young guys through the ranks into their into their team and into the ranks, like I mentioned. And Barcelona's getting kind of random old and young players. You got guys like Rakitic. They're getting this. They're getting Arthur. But even before that, we can look at uh, Luis Suarez, who certainly isn't a part of their system at all. Uh, Arturo Vidal, who's not a part of their system at all. Um, it's it's just kind of all over the place and weird. And it's it's funny because they still play that Diki Taka style, maybe not as high level, certainly not as high level as they used to. But Barcelona just, to me, isn't a team with a plan B. They don't do anything mm-hmm. else other than have possession and give a nice little through ball here and there. That's kind of how they've just always played. They've just always been like that. And when they can't impose their possession on someone, they don't know what to do. They obviously are not that good defensively. Uh, and we saw that. I mean, Bayern just compl- it looked like they were playing against actual kids. Like, it, it wasn't even close. Yeah. The goals are pretty amazing, too. Oh, I loved it. Just That Davies goal, fish. I was smiling my face off. It was amazing. And you were cracking up. I was telling you how we, we held on to Theo Walcott and let go of Serge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can explain that. <laughs> I, I mean... The kid was awesome. We, we, we wanted him. We wanted to keep him on the team, but he knew that he needed to be playing more more regularly. He was at that level where, like, I need to get minutes. Yeah. Who was, who's, Walcott was taking his place? Uh, yeah. I mean, we kept Walcott when we kind of eventually gave him the boot, which is whatever. That but then makes, he went to West Brom. That and makes then sense. That was, like, he didn't, they didn't rate him there either. They that, thought, like, fucking Jesus, dude. What a yeah! It's like an West, ongoing joke. At now. West Brom, they were probably like, "Well, we can't just lob him the ball yeah. while we defend for yeah. fucking you know seventy minutes. Mm-hmm. We can't just boot it up to him, and he's not gonna. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, he is ridiculous, insane. And I love his little shout outs when he's taking the scalps of Spurs and <laughs> and Chelsea. Yeah, he still does that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, because he's still he's still a gooner, man. That's that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. He just did Hector Bellerin's podcast. Did he? I think one of the first episodes. He seems like a really cool guy. I've, I've seen yeah. him on a couple of things. He did this thing with, um, I think he did this thing with uh, Aaron uh, Aaron West uh, with Copa ninety before Aaron was let go from there. But yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Seems seems really chill, um, and he's ridiculous. Completely lit up uh, Barcelona. Now more to what's been happening with Barca. Um, it seems like stuff is starting to really crumble. Prior to the match, Messi had some disparaging comments. He said some very interesting things about kind of alluding to problems at the club and saying that things need to get better or they weren't going to be. He's not happy with the board at all. Or that things were whatever. Or that they weren't going to beat Napoli. And mm. then after the match, did you hear what Gerard Pica said? Mm-mm. I've never seen Pica. Pica is a very like punchable guy, mm-hmm. like super punchable. And when I mean like. Like, not only does he have that stupid face, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but he has, it's more so his personality. He's very, like, especially on Twitter, he comes at Madrid all the time, says a lot of, like, weird, like, little, like, uh, almost, like, bratty things, you know, mm. to kind of, like, stoke a fire, to stoke, to stoke, uh, to stoke kind of, like, a, like fights here and there and, and things like that. So he's kind of just, like, one of those guys, you know, but after this match, he was, like, he just looked lost. He looked almost like he was going to cry or he was crying. He said that there needs to be big changes. And he doesn't necessarily mean with the players or the coach. He means at higher up. And he openly and publicly said that after mm-hmm. a match. Uh, Bika is another guy from that generation for sure. I, I forgot to mention that I was forgetting. Um, yeah, well, there was like six players on the field from the previous Champions League that they won. Mm-hmm. 
just i mean they're all it's it's more or less the same core yeah yeah but older i mean a lot older that was yeah. years and years and years ago um so you know it's it's uh when you start getting not only players but influential players players that have a say in what the team looks like and how the team plays and what they do it's massive it's like steven gerrard speaking out against liverpool it's like yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Cristiano speaking out against Madrid or something like that. It's it's a it's a big fucking deal, dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, now you see that uh, Setien got fired by Eric Abidal, mm-hmm. and then Abidal gets fired shortly thereafter. The little like photo, so the little creepy like, peeping Tom. Spanish media is nuts. <laughs> the Spanish media is nuts. We're gonna talk about them a yeah. little later, but. Um, Wow, man. Um, do you see any hope or positivity coming out of this? I mean, I'm interested in seeing what is capable of these players putting pressure on the board. Because yeah. as a gooner, we know what it's like to deal with a board that doesn't care. That doesn't care or doesn't doesn't necessarily. We we've struggled to believe that they have the supporters and the club's interests sure in sure. mind, and, um, but. But anyway, like it's interesting that like he's just kind of having a standoff. It's like it's either me or the board. Yeah, I mean, well, Pika's even said Pika was the one that said like I'll even step down if it if that's what we need to change because it's so mm-hmm. bad. It's that it's that like bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's rumors that Messi's leaving. Uh, they just hired Ronald Coleman, who's a Barcelona legend, which I think is, I don't know, I guess it's an okay signing. Um, you know, he's obviously beloved by. The Barcelona faithful, but is he that guy? Like, you know what I mean? Is he that guy that's really gonna change it? I mean, we'll see. Okay, cool. So um, I don't know if Coleman's that guy, but to me, if Messi leaves Barcelona, that leaves a massive, massive gaping hole that they cannot refill anytime soon, for damn sure. And I've just been hearing that their their finances aren't exactly the best right now either. Sure, they do have a lot of. Uh, I mean, they have an expensive, uh, an expensive, uh, expensive team. Do they have the finances to go out and buy a guy like Kylian Mbappe or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't think yeah. so. Do, do other teams have the finances to take on these like wages? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're talking about uh, Luis Suarez going back to Ajax and things mm-hmm. like that, which I think would that'd be cool for Ajax. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, it's just it's just an ugly situation for them, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the riot, the tide goes in, tide goes out. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like they're gonna be another what club, in, big club in transition. Yeah, there are people. I mean, like, just look at Milan. Well, someone said. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean, I don't know if it'll get that bad. That would be crazy if I it know. got that bad. But they were talking more like, will Barcelona be the new Manchester? Oh, potentially. And I think that makes more sense because there's still enough. Like, I feel like there's still enough to keep them at a decent level, you know, but not. I don't know if we're going to see them competing at a superpower level anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so, at least for like a couple of seasons. At least for a couple of seasons, and I don't know. That kind of leaves me a bit. Um, I guess I don't like. I, I I don't really care because I'm not a Barcelona fan, and Barcelona fans in general have been some of the most like arrogant, shitty people to me. <laughs> and it's always been banter and like talking shit, of course. You know, never anything serious. But it's just crazy to see this club go down. It's it's weird to think that Messi will not be at Barcelona, um, if that's a possibility. I think it's a very real one. Um, so it's just wild to think, like, because for, for so long, 
it just was that mess that Messi was Barcelona and Barcelona is going to be good, and to yeah. think that it's not is it's just a trip. It's just, I know they were dangling like a carrot for Obama Yang. Yeah, especially pre-COVID. Yeah, when things were looking real bad. And now, it looks, and now it's like yeah. just waiting for him to resign because <laughs> it's like, oh, you're going to go there? It's a shit show. <laughs> like things aren't that bad here. <laughs> things when Arsenal when yeah. Arsenal saying yeah. things aren't that bad here. <laughs> You got friends here. You like this city, right? <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I, I put a tweet out. I was like, man, it's wild that uh, Arsenal has more trophies than Barcelona this season. And oh, people yeah. were like, ah! Like, people fucking <laughs> freaked out. Uh, it's wild that you can make that comparison, isn't it? <laughs> Calm down, dude. Jesus. Uh, yeah, but no trophies for you. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Sad times for Barca. Oh, well. What do you think of that Anelka doc? Oh man, you know, it was good. It was good for sure, and I think it was good because it was Anelka, and I wouldn't say I wouldn't put it on the level of like the Maradona one. I think the Maradona one was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and our, you know, like when you look at Maradona, he was such a complex, crazy character, and he had such a crazy like rock star life. Anelka didn't really have that. No, 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 That's no. That was one thing that... I, I think it was a, just a different superstar story. Anelka was kind of like a boring dude, uh, like outside of soccer. Yeah, I mean, that's all he kind of like cared about. Yeah. Just like being a very... He's just a, kind of like a very square personality. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it didn't really intrigue... It didn't like... It, it didn't like take it over the top for me. However, his plight and his career is so like weird to me and unique. I think it's the generational aspect of it of like when he came in and like what what he was like the level he was at at his age you know being a part of france in that being a part of like the french academy at that era like that was just was a lot of context on the evolution from the 90s to the 2000s to like the internet yeah age. yeah yeah you know his plight is crazy because you think of i love how they started it off with how competitive it was in the French system. Yes. And you look at the mm-hmm. team that he was like playing with and you're like, oh my God. Bro. All the all of the studs just that he had like to compete against. Fucking killers, you know, just you know, Thierry Henry, Robert Perez, uh Petit, uh, you know, Zidane was was yeah. there. I mean it Trezeguet. was Trezeguet, um Desai, uh Vieira, I mean Steel sharpening steel, right? That's what they say. I mean, God damn, bro. That squad. I was. I mean, essentially, like the the World Cup '98 squad. You know. Yeah, they, they even said like, if you can't hang here between twelve and sixteen, then you're 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 not gonna make it. Yeah. Like if you you're not gonna make it as a professional, like a, a, like a high caliber professional. But one thing you notice is like, what tripped me out about this, and sometimes they do this with documentaries where you talk to they talk to certain they 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 get certain interviewees. That seem to be kind of fed certain lines or on one side or or are on one side of the fence with mm-hmm. certain things, and it feels a little bit disingenuous. Mm-hmm. But with this, it didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like when they were talking about that, I forgot what the what the name of the place was. But they when when they were talking about it, you looked at Robert Perez's face and how serious mm-hmm. he got. And same thing with Henri. Henri was like, no, it was, you know, they 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 understood how like that was a like breeding ground you yeah. know what i mean and it was they said it was like you you go to war as you a go teenager to war. yeah you go to war 
and to think of that mentality at like 14, 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. you understand why those French teams were so insane for so many years. Yeah, and you understand like how, you know, the world talent kind of develops. Yeah. Like yeah. this is how you create greatness. World Cup caliber teams. Yeah, that's how you create greatness, right? Um, so I loved that aspect of it. And then as you start getting into his career and you start learning about it's so weird because he had so many problems at so many different places, mm-hmm. right? Like everywhere, almost everywhere he went, there was an issue. Yeah. It's kind of fucking weird. It, it, it was interesting how he, so many coaches would have like kind of given up on him like early on, like when he went to Arsenal mm-hmm. and, and Wenger just, he just knew how to finesse it a little bit. He didn't like immediately fight with him. Like he saw that he was ready to like walk out on the team Yeah, and then he gave him his chance to like go in settle in prove yourself and then he just ignited i think he made a very valid point also when mm-hmm. they're interviewing arson wenger and it's funny that you brought that up arson said something about there's something unique that happens to a player when they get a lot of praise early on mm-hmm. and analka coming through the ranks lighting it up at psg and then going to arsenal very mm-hmm. early on and breaking that wage and uh breaking that transfer i should say mm-hmm. it was i mean what does that do to a player's mentality right yeah Certainly at, at at an age of, what, 17? How old was he? 19? Yeah, he 17 years old. Something like that. When you're that young, do you really have the mental capacity to be like, keep it cool, be calm? Because at 17, yeah. I was a complete asshole. There's mm-hmm. no way I would have been able to do that. Yeah. I would have been the most arrogant, big-headed guy in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you mentioned Arson because it really is a little bit of a insight into his view on how to deal with mm-hmm. those types of personalities. Also, he's French, so I think he... There's there's this there's this there's this style with with French players, you know. When you look at it's almost like an arrogance, mm-hmm. especially when you look at Henri, uh, when you look at Trezeguet. Now you look at Mbappe, mm-hmm. and he definitely has that like brash Pogba. confidence, like mm-hmm. a super confidence, almost arrogance, right? And like this self belief of like I'm the shit, I can do it type of situation. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I think I think Wenger very much understood that. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening with him at Arsenal and why he left? Do you remember? I what? I can't remember because I watched the the documentary a while ago. I think it was just he felt like he won here. He won the Premier League. He won the double. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a sense of the, it's like I did everything I needed to do here. I want to win. That's and true. And then Madrid's knocking on the door, so I'm like, it just makes sense. Like this is where I go next. Yeah, I think he did want that, and it's so wild to think that like, he's not even 20 years old yet. Yeah, because he. <laughs> It's trippy because he commented on like, I didn't realize that this was going to be the only time I was I lifted the European Cup. Yeah, like he didn't. When he, he, he was too young to really appreciate it. Of course, it's like I get it. I loved it, but it's just like, I didn't think this would be the only time. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's crazy to think. Also, is like he even said he's like I was way too young to go to Madrid. I should have just chilled out, and I didn't think he understood what the chaos of the spanish media was going to entail or just the or just like how strong the locker room was yeah and how like they don't give a shit about you no like they're like who do you think you are and it's just like you look at the locker room and i mean then you understand amazing players yeah yeah. but it's just like you don't hear about you bring in this top young starlet you don't really hear about the whole locker room being like yeah step it up like not just kind of strong arming him and like really kind of making him earn his key, earn his place. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. And it, it's like, 
I don't know how much that happens these days, but it, that's such an old school thing. Mm-hmm. And you you hear about the old Manchester sides of, of mm-hmm. the '90s doing that for sure. Yeah, and those are those classic clubs, and I feel like that's why for so many years those types of clubs were on such a high level. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is maybe missing a little bit, but I feel like that type of thing is important to maintain an identity, an ethos, a level of stature at a club. Mm-hmm. You always talk about tradition. And if there's one thing you can say about Manchester United and all those players from, from the 90s, while they might be arrogant and you might not like them or whatever, they did keep a level of professionalism and quality. Mm-hmm. They were never played off the pitch. They were always going to be at right there with mm-hmm. you, right? They were always going to be at that level. They were going to fight you. You had guys like Roy Keane, you know, that were going to be in your face the whole game. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be competitive in almost every game. Yeah. And that happened for fucking years, bro. Yeah. It happened for years, right? That didn't go away. And to see that, like, if you compare that to now, it's that's certainly not the case now. It's, it's funny because that's like the environment that Cristiano really got level one. Yep, 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 100%. 100%. And, you know, imagine, I'm sure you saw it at Barcelona. Imagine trying to go mm-hmm. into that locker room when you have, like, some of the best players ever. It's probably the best club team of the past, like, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's notorious. Even Not even, like, young talent, but, like, big stars come there. And it's like a very clicky. Zlatan. If, yeah. Zlatan. Yeah. Uh, Petit. Mm-hmm. A bunch of Arsenal players. Hleb. Except for Henri. Hleb. Hleb. Yeah. It's like if you don't hit it right running, it's like you're going to be on the bench and they don't give a shit. They don't. They don't care how much they spend on you. No. But like if you don't, if the coach doesn't like you, if the fans don't like you, if the players don't like you, it's it's done. It also like was crazy to look at when you look at some of the footage and they're like literally putting up like fencing behind his regular fencing mm-hmm. so that people can look into his house. And oh, like yeah, yeah. His family that was living with him. It's just the Spanish media. Mm-hmm. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts, 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 nuts. And it's crazy because he talks about certain things and they talk about certain scenarios like at Madrid, but he still remained very, like, stubborn as mm-hmm. fuck. Like, nope, I did it this way and blah, blah, blah. And, and he even admits when he looks back at his career – He's like, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. Mm-hmm. He certainly talks about Madrid in that way. He talks about Arsenal in that way mm-hmm. also. Um, and then as he got older and he went moved to like Chelsea and West Brom, he, ta- he talks more and more about that stuff. But um, interesting, he's, like I said, off the pitch, I don't find him that interesting. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't find him that interesting. I, I just, I, that's I, I could see his CV and I'm like, he's good he's been everywhere but like i didn't really know the full backstory but you hear the stories right and mm-hmm. then you hear the, the whole thing that happened at the french national team right yeah in south africa yeah so i you know i saw that on camera and i just i, I remember seeing that and being like of course there was an issue with anelka mm-hmm. and i remember thinking like this guy's probably like some crazy like fucking rock star that mm-hmm. does blow before games and parties mm-hmm. his ass off and all this shit and that just wasn't the case mm-hmm. yeah, that's just not the case he's kind of just like a regular and guy. that's kind of why the the the, the squad's Stood behind him. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know what? I'm talking shit. Like it's bad, but it's a good. Th- it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wasn't the most interesting guy, but so what? Who cares? Because he was like, he has his family. He's a very. He seems like a very good father. Mm-hmm. He's there with his wife that he's been with for. I mean, since his Madrid days, he's been there with her for a long fucking time, and every single player that they interviewed had nothing but like amazing mm-hmm. things to say about him. Just basically like, don't look at what the media. You know, paints a mess, and you see like how the media, de- even right now, how they paint certain players. Yeah, and they all just say nothing but really great things about his playing style, him as a professional, and him as a teammate. You know. Well, dude, I mean, 
so you take kind of it's it's so interesting to me what I ended up like even the light that I maybe kind of put him in mm-hmm. not knowing be, just because of the like stories I would hear and you know it's just natural because I'm not like I don't live in France I don't I don't live in all these places and I certainly didn't rub elbows with him but from everything I read he was a difficult person to deal with but I would see him play and he seemed like an awesome player right mm-hmm. just had his troubles now when you get to the World Cup and you see how journalists literally use that like lineage of of like negative vibes and negative energy and turned it against them and made him the scapegoat for mm-hmm. the shit show that happened in, in South Africa. Isn't it fucking wild? Yeah. It's so crazy, bro. <laughs> Every single one of the players said he didn't say that. Mm-hmm. And then Dominic, what was it like? They sit him years down and later. Yeah, like years later said he didn't say that. Those were not his words. <laughs> and Nanako tried to sue that company and they said that that no, because there was an argument that happened that it was okay and and nothing happened so th- there was no there was no issue so it wasn't this like he tried to he tried to sue them for like uh what's the word like not defamation s- defamation yeah. yeah and it didn't work mm-hmm. you know so it was just like well fuck what the fuck do i do now you know what yeah. i mean i guess i'll be the scapegoat for france and that's it and you know it was so powerful when thierry Henry is talking about that last moment because they really came to the ranks together they, mm-hmm. they were obviously amazing friends and they realized that that was it that was the end of mm-hmm. it and Henri almost got like emotional i'm sure there was an they got emotional at that time yeah. you know because they had been through everything together mm-hmm. you know and Naka didn't make the 98 world cup but he did uh, win the euros with mm-hmm. them and he did go to a couple world cups after that and obviously he had an amazing career but um just kind of crazy to see how that's that's the way it ended and it just kind of went to shit you know yeah i I definitely got like a similar like reaction to like not necessarily in terms of their them as personalities but like the maradona documentary i got to see a more clear picture of what things were like 20 years ago yeah yeah 30 years ago Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's like it gave me more context of like what was that atmosphere like because we have a lot more I don't know, we have a lot more access into what goes on in the current game than yep. we did back then. So it's, it's especially back then because it wasn't on local TV for us. Mm-hmm. Like I could barely really keep up what was going on outside of the sport rather than what was just immediately going on in that version of FIFA in the Eurosport <laughs> catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, I mean, overall, like I said, I was just, it wasn't the best documentary for me because it wasn't the most interesting person. His career was certainly very interesting and, and crazy, and some of the stories are wild. And I, Really, it's more of an insight to me on how disgusting the media can be, mm-hmm. especially when you're looking at Spain. And my really only like close contact with that is like American media, American soccer media is, is like nothing compared to what you have in Spain, what you have in Mexico, what you have in Argentina, what you have in England, certainly. No, I don't it's even a think... whole different ballgame out there. I, I don't even think they they put their own top that like i'm thinking in the context of like nba nfl major league baseball like i don't even know if they like go at it that hard if you i feel no. like no i ESPN mean is just kind of like yeah no no no. there's there's definitely a a different a, a, at least some some semblance and some line of respect that... is it like is like barstool like the equivalent of like the rogue like tabloid of sports no. I wouldn't even say that because Barstool isn't showing up to people's like houses and shit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I would really compare it to more like our celebrity culture. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I would compare it to, like TMZ. Yes, and there's no. Uh... They have like TMZ sports out there. 
Oh yeah, they do. They do. They have like that's what it's I think like. there is TMZ Sports, but no. But I mean, I mean, that's what I would literally like. They're like Marca is like mm-hmm. that, or like I like uh, you know, the Sun and mm-hmm. shit like that, where they're like, you know, they're they're trying to like if you go out to dinner, like these guys can't even go out to dinner. That's why it's it's insane for mm-hmm. them. You know, what that's I mean? why like they like vacationing here. Yeah, because no one fucking bothers them. <laughs> yeah, you know, and even if you're like, I mean, maybe if you're on the level of like. The only people that I see here are like ultra celebrities, like mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian or something like that. That's getting treated on that level of scrutiny and just unbearable shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy and it's sad and it's ugly, but you know, it's it is what it is. He seems, you know, good for Anelka. He seems happy. He has his family. He's, like I said, he seems like a very good father. He's very much um, alive and present in his kids' lives. He's still with his wife. They live in Dubai. So he seems to be living a nice, peaceful, like, chill life. He's mm-hmm. out in the streets over there. They're they're filming him while he's out in the streets. No one's no one's bought, you know bugging him at all. So mm-hmm. good for him, man. I, I, you know he got away from that. He's had a pretty fucking amazing career. Played, yeah, proper journeyman. Played with some amazing players. So overall, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, last thing we want to touch about. Do you want to talk about that Dallas Nashville thing real quick? Uh. You want to save that? I guess we can save it. Yeah, I think we'll save it because I want to talk a little bit more. There was some some more in-depth uh, talking points that I want to get in on and that will still be very much relevant in a week. So yeah. we'll save that one for the next game. Okay, yeah, I'll cool. do some notes on it. Orale. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Short and sweet, yeah? Short and sweet and a nice hour. Beautiful. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Awesome. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Ja? Yeah, next week. Cool. Keep same a look time, out for same some, place. Keep a look out for some YouTube videos. I'm going to be running a contest, by the way. Check out my IG. Uh, I'm going to be doing a cool giveaway. So check out my IG and check out my YouTube channel. Keep it locked. We'll see you guys in a week. Cheers, everybody. Bye. Bye.